0: Welcome back to IHUB Radio, our friend and your public servant in the California State Assembly, our 56th District Assembly member, Eduardo Garcia, is on the line with us. Good afternoon, sir. How are you?
1: Uh, Good afternoon uh, here from the California State Assembly floor, where uh, the minute that I walk out, I know it's about 98 degrees, so (laughs) 104, 98 degrees. I'm looking forward to coming home, uh, regardless of the uh, slight change in the weather.
0: Yeah. Well, it's pretty warm in California this time of year, n- almost no matter where you're at. So uh, we are happy that you've been up there and doing the people's work because, boy, from everything I'm reading, Eduardo, uh, you you guys have been really, really busy. And I want to start off, first of all, with talking about some housing-related stuff. Uh, yesterday we learned that the legislature had approved a budget request uh, and put it into the budget for $30 million for the Oasis mobile home park. And this has been an ongoing concern, uh, especially for people who are uh, not of particularly uh, much means out in the East Valley and and folks who uh, work in our uh, agricultural economy and, and such. I would like you, maybe if you could, first of all, before we uh, find out what's going to happen with that money, could you set the stage for listeners who may be unaware of the problems that they have had at this mobile home park?
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, you know, we have to acknowledge that there's a housing crisis up and down the state of California. Of course. And, uh, you know, our our area isn't immune. Uh, But in the Coachella Valley, whether you're in Desert Hot Springs dealing with housing challenges uh, in mobile home parks, or in the eastern Coachella Valley, like Oasis, uh, these problems have been festering for quite some time. Specific to the Oasis mobile home park, you're talking about a issue that has been a jurisdictional challenge to begin. Uh, mobile home parks uh, on a allotment uh, property owned by a tribal member that the federal government has uh, direct jurisdiction over. Uh, 200 families living in substandard living conditions, uh, no uh, clean water. Uh, sewage uh, on the streets, and uh, housing, you know, dilapidated housing um, that's been there for quite some time. And these shortages of housing opportunities really are what create those types of problems like Oasis Mobile Home Park. So uh, many people have been involved, and I just want to acknowledge the work of Riverside County, Supervisor Manuel Perez, uh, Water District um, Vice President Castro Estrada, who have developed a master plan for infrastructure development, housing development opportunities, and slowly uh, some of the families there at Oasis mobile home park have been relocated to other housing complexes in the region, but there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, this year, a leadership council, uh, asked our office to take the lead on a $30 million request that would be focused specifically on relocating those families, and allowing for that money to be utilized to build housing in the Eastern Coachella Valley to accommodate those families and other families that live in similar circumstances, but that have not received the same amount of attention that this community has. And I have to hand it to the residents themselves who have been advocating for themselves and asking us here in California, mindful a problem that pertains to the reservation uh landowner the bureau of indian affairs the environmental protection agency the federal government california has stepped up we were able to convince our colleagues in the assembly that this is a priority not just for me in my district but for californians as a whole dealing with uh, unfortunate uh, substandard living circumstances uh so they approved it in the budget and i'm very grateful to the leadership of a handful of folks here Filching is the budget chair subcommittee chair is Wendy Carrillo from Los Angeles who were empathetic to the request coming from our community and from our office. Yesterday evening, the Senate uh, also concurred with this request and has included it in their budget priorities. And the outcome is $30 million going towards addressing the housing problems for the people who live in Oasis mobile home park.
0: So how will that manifest now? Uh, I presume now it just waits the signature of the governor, right?
1: Uh, uh, Not exactly. There are a couple of steps still that need to take place. For example, the Senate and the Assembly now uh, get together uh, with the governor and begin negotiating the budget proposals. And what we need really is the support and approval of the governor's office and his team to concur with the Senate and the Assembly uh, with our request. So there are a couple of steps still that need to take place. We have to have a budget uh, signed and approved by June 15th. We anticipate that that will be the case. And we're just making sure that we uh, ensure that that language, that that allocation stays in the budget and uh, that uh, ultimately the people of the Eastern Coachella Valley uh, will have an opportunity uh, to relocate themselves into some respectable uh, and affordable housing uh, conditions uh, for our region. And there are a couple of other housing priorities that we've also put forward that are looking very promising. $25 million request from Lift to Rise for the establishment of a catalyst fund that will allow for us to build regional housing uh, in the Coachella Valley as it relates to affordability, homelessness, wraparound services, child care. And I'm excited that uh, there may be an opportunity in this year's budget that uh, we could potentially secure $55 million of housing dollars for our region.
0: That'd be great. What can we do to help that process along? Should we be calling the governor's office and saying that we support this?
1: Uh, most definitely. You know, We want to uh, make a call to our uh, constituents who believe that housing is an issue uh, to contact the governor's office uh, and advocate for both the Catalyst Fund request at $25 million, the $30 million for Oasis Mobile Home Park, and one thing that's extremely important, in order for housing to occur in the eastern Coachella Valley to address the shortages uh, for essential workers like farm workers and the problems that exist at Oasis Mobile Home Park, uh, there's a need to invest more money into the water and sewer infrastructure, which is why, you know, we carried a third priority budget request from Coachella Valley Water District and Riverside County. Um, to ensure that we can build that infrastructure, that was a request in the amount of $16 dollars. So clearly, we, you know, uh, recognize that that's a lot of money that we've requested, but we, thus far, have seen some movement on the housing side, and we're really excited in terms of where we stand and the possibilities of uh, securing this in June 15 budget.
0: Yeah, and I don't, uh, I don't want to throw you a curveball here, but this got me just thinking about a moment ago. Uh, it, we have a lot of people who fall into a lot of different uh, socioeconomic classes in the valley who are being affected by this housing crisis, too. Uh, I have a friend who is a professional and who has been paying, you know, about a couple of grand a month for a place in uh, uh, South Palm Springs, and he's never been late on his rent or anything, but now that the eviction uh, moratoriums are ending at the end of this month. Uh, He has a landlord that has decided to say you have to get out and he himself is going through uh, cancer treatments right now and can't just move. Uh, There's a lot of people who I think are facing some really unfortunate circumstances because of some homeowners greed and they want to come in and be able to just tell people, you know, get the hell out even though they've been good tenants and they've always paid their rent on time so i think that these housing issues that you're talking about they're affecting people certainly people who are low income uh but also people who are uh of more substantial means as well and we're going to be in a crisis situation if we don't do something about housing in this valley to help people at all levels
1: I'll tell you, uh, you raise a good point, and that's why the uh, twenty-five million dollar request uh, for the Coachella Valley Catalyst Fund is critical because it's not tied to a specific location, uh, a problem, but it's more of a general um, and broad approach to addressing the multitude of housing challenges that people face throughout the entire Coachella Valley. The problems that take place that you've described are very different than the ones that we're talking about at Oasis Mobile Home Park, and perhaps in indio or mid valley there are other challenges and really at the core of all this is the lack of inventory right the lack of affordability comes with the lack of inventory and so uh, we're taking this approach where again we could potentially secure 55 million dollars to address some of the housing needs as it relates to the eviction moratorium, I know there's a handful of us asking that there may be a small extension to that. We also know that in our budget proposal, the governor has put forward uh, to be able to pay, you know, complete rearage of debt when it comes to uh, your rent, when it comes to your utilities, and also making the owners a whole, right? I mean, that ultimately benefits right. somebody who holds the note, whether it be on an apartment complex or a house that's being rented. Um, We want to make sure that we can kind of push the the button where we can restart and help people uh, get on their feet, and we're seeing uh, an uptick in the economy and jobs coming back, and so we're hopeful that uh, that assistance that we're putting forward with the surplus that the current uh, state situation finds itself in will help many of the working families uh, in our district and throughout California.
0: But Eduardo, it reminds me kind of what happened when we had that dot-com boom back in the Uh, end of the 90s, beginning of the 2000s, up in the Bay Area, and how there became such a housing crisis there at that time. And so many people were uh, taking back possession of their places that they had had as rental properties, simply so that they could make slight modifications to be able to justify being able to kick people out. And like double and triple the rent amount that they were making. Is there any possibility that there may be some help coming for people who are renters in California statewide uh, where uh, people will not, if they have not done anything by their own doing to to be thrown out and they're just simply at the end of a contract that they, they can't be thrown out and essentially have to go looking in another state to find a place to live because there is nothing available?
1: Well, look, uh, again, I'll go back to the issue of inventory, right, and making things more affordable. There are a number of laws that have been passed over the last few years uh, that I've supported that create backstops, protections for renters, and legal obligations that tenants have to renters under specific types of circumstances. Uh, Clearly, uh, there is a lot more work to do, and I would hope that uh, the experience from the dot-com boom uh, has taught us a number of lessons on how we can protect the uh, consumers, in this case, uh, renters. Uh, but we also wanna be mindful, right? That there are limitations uh, yeah, that course. we have when it comes to private property rights and you know, the right of those who hold a note that ultimately have to deliver on a financial commitment that was made, but uh, oh, very course. conscious of those circumstances.
0: We only have a few minutes left, though, and I want to try and zip through and make sure that we talk about uh, some other bills that you're working on with your uh, with your colleagues. There, uh, AB seven ten is the by California bill. Tell us about this.
1: This is a bill that's uh, kind of an organically uh, written, you know, effort that has moved from the Assembly now uh, going into the Senate. Our farmers and. Other stakeholders that are impacted by the costs of farming in California I got together and said, hey, look, we have a international competition, interstate competition. And uh, we ought to make sure that Californians recognize that we here in our great state have the highest uh, quality standard to protect consumers based on our regulations with pesticide, based on our labor standards, uh, based on how we conduct business here, and it's the cleanest and the safest products that can be produced anywhere in the world and and yet Californians don't recognize that you go into a store and you find grapes from other parts of the world and if not uh, other parts uh, of the country and yet California grapes are stored uh, in the storages in the eastern Coachella Valley or in the Central Valley without getting an opportunity to be presented sold to California consumers we've picked a handful of commodities that California farmers are able to grow on a yearly basis and making them available and applying standards, labor standards, environmental quality standards to those commodities. If you wanna sell them here in California, uh, you best uh, make sure that the same pesticide regulations are uh, intact when it comes to your uh, production in other states. And if you are in another country, Uh, you best assure that the labor standards that we adhere to here in California are the same ones that are applicable there. Making sure that, again, we're protecting California consumers and that our farmers here in California are being productive and continue to feed uh, our communities, our state, the nation, and the world. And we know how important our farmers and our farm workers have been uh, during this uh, pandemic. Absolutely. Uh, Essential workers. uh, We ran out of toilet paper and uh, other types of you know uh, hand sanitizer uh, needs but we never ran out of food and that's important to acknowledge and that's what that bill does i'm very proud that it's a bipartisan effort it's taken us a while to really come up with uh, this type of approach but i'm very uh, thankful to farm work organizations and farmers in our region that have come together and uh, put this uh, best foot forward and it's now moving on to the senate
0: yeah and i think it's also interesting to note that you're also working on ab 778 which would require state institutions like public schools and i presume things like uh prisons and things like that that they need to be purchasing Absolutely. their agricultural products from the state
1: we have a huge uh purchasing power and we're not using it to our advantage when it comes to procuring you know fresh foods and vegetables uh, unfortunately Right. Um, We are having to put this bill forward, but it'll it'll be a game changer when it comes to continuing to sustain farming in California to support farm worker families and our farms. And this uh, bill is a complement to 710, where we're saying state institutions, um, universities, prisons, uh, K-12 schools, uh, let's buy California grown produce. And if it's not available, then let's move to other states that may be able to provide it to us sure let's get away from foreign markets uh where we've seen some school districts some universities and some institutions uh through third-party procurement go as far as china to uh get some fresh foods or goods that's that's ridiculous that's ridiculous okay
0: finally ab 868 uh this is the state of emergency funeral expense assistance bill uh we've got just under a minute so uh give us a shot on that
1: This is also a bill that came from residents who have been hit by the pandemic and have seen loved ones pass, and not just one, but in some cases two or three, and not being able to afford to uh, have a respectable uh, goodbye for their relatives and friends. And so this is a program that under any declared emergency, the state of California will be able to directly pay for a service and or reimburse them. And of course, there's criteria. We're wanting to focus on middle, low-income families, uh, throughout the state of California. And on again, under any declared emergency, they can receive assistance. Uh, FEMA has established a program at the federal government level. There are some gaps that we're filling in with our state proposal and excited to tell you that that bill also is moving on to the Senate.
0: That's great news. Eduardo, thank you as always for spending some time and bringing us up to date on all that you're working on up there. We hope you have a a good visit home, and we will look forward to talking with you again in the weeks ahead. Thank you. Uh, thank you again. You bet. Eduardo Garcia, Assembly Member for the 56th Assembly District in the state of California, joining us on the John McMullen Show today here on iHub Radio.